Today, uh, let's do a review of the first Sicha in Chelek Yud Beis, in volume 12, uh, in Lakutish Sichas. Uh, this is a Rashi Sicha. The Rebbe also learns things in Halacha and also in Yenish Shal from it. And the Parsha discusses uh, basically what took place. It was a very festive time. This was Rosh Chodesh Nisan. It was a very festive time in which uh, after the seven days they had prepared themselves, uh, trained, uh, uh, called the Shiva Shimei HaMiluyim. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was teaching Aaron and his sons how to do the Avodah. And the Mishkan was built and uh, took it taken apart every day. Eventually it comes on the eighth day. In the eighth day, uh, the... Uh, uh, Shekhinah, they, they did all the procedures and it was delayed a little bit. Eventually, the Shekhinah comes down. There was a fire that came out from Hashem. It eats up all the carbonates over there. And then the Pasuk continues to tell us the story of Nehari. So, Perikut Pasuk Aleph, the Pasuk starts. They each one took their Machtas, those are the, the pans. Vayitnu vahein eish, they placed fire in those pans. Vayasimu aleho ketoires, they placed on it the incense. Vayakribu lifnei Hashem, and they offered before Hashem. Lifnei uh, Hashem means they went into the oil moyed on the mizbech ketoires. They brought before Hashem eish zoro. A strange fire that he hasn't commanded them. Then Apostle Base says, as a punishment for doing that, So a fire went out from before Hashem and it consumed them. And they died before Hashem. So this is the Rashi that the Rebbe. And then was uh, Aaron was very upset, and Moshe tries to comfort him as the parsha goes on. And they, uh, Aaron didn't say anything; he was uh, quiet. And they they removed them, and they continue basically the festivities over there that continue to take place. So Rashi says over here, and Vatetzayesh. How does Rashi explain it? So Rashi says like this: It's surprising. Rashi, this Rashi seems to be very. A shocking, you know, Harashi's explanation, the Pshut Shalvikra. So Rashi quotes from the Posik, Rashi quotes the Posik, just the words, and he brings down, he brings down two opinions. First, he says, that the reason. Bnei Ari died, was not for any other reason, but because they said a halacha, they taught a halacha, they instructed at a halacha in front of their teacher Moshe. And because of that, they got punished. And then Rashi continues, Rabbi Yishmoel, Rabbi Yishmoel says, They entered while they were drunk. They were Full, drunk with wine, they drank wine, and that's how they entered the Migdash, and that's why they were punished. Teda, 
And Rashi continues a proof to this that they were drunk. After their death, he warns the leftover, as Rebbe will also explain later on in the Sikha. The Pasik interrupts in the middle of the whole story, and he brings down that after their death, the Abishta warns those who are left, which means Eleazar and his summer who did not die, and Aaron. Hanisarim, those left over, they shall not enter while they are drunk with wine into the Mikdash. Rashi continues further. Rashi says, This is, can be equated, a metaphor for this is a king who had a Ben Bayis, meaning a person who hung around, who was a family uh, member all the time, he was in the home all the time, etc. Rashi doesn't bring down the rest of the Medrash, the rest of the Marshal, but he references the source and he says, look into Vayikar Rabba. So the Rebbe has here a pile of questions, which is very, on the very simple level. The first and foremost problem we have with this Rashi is the reason why they died says is stated in the Pasik itself. Because the cause it says in the Pasik, Hashem They brought close before Hashem a strange fire fire which he had not commanded them. And the Tosteri says, therefore the fire came out. And they died. So why do we need to explain why they died? The Pasuk says why they died. They, they brought something before Hashem that he had not told them, and they went and brought it into the Kodesh, into the Kodesh, into the Mikdash, and therefore it says in the Pasuk, that's why they died. So why does Rashi looking for reasons for their death, whether they were a drunk or they, they taught a halacha from their teacher? Number two. So, so first of all, why does Rashi need to explain when it already says in the Pasuk? And when Rashi does explain, he doesn't say what it says in the Pasuk, but it says something totally new, which is not hinted. Rashi does not explain in the simple meaning of the Pasuk. He gives an explanation which has seemingly no connection at all to the meaning of the Pesukim. These were other things that have nothing to do with the storyline the way it's written in the Pasuk. And number three, if Rashi is trying to give you reasonings why the sons of Aaron died, so when Rashi is quoting from the verse, he should have quoted the words Vayamusu. Rashi just quotes the words, Batetzeish, a fire came out, but not they died. But Rashi is trying to explain the death if the way we understand it. That's going to be the whole answer of the Rebbe to explain that this is actually something different. Rashi's problem is the Vatetzeish, as Rabbi will explain. Number four, normally Rashi does not quote the names of the authors of the uh, statement. And Rashi doesn't usually bring more than one uh, interpretation. When Rashi does bring two interpretations, it's because each one of them doesn't fully explain the Pusik in all details. 
because there is either a difficulty or several difficulties in one of them, which the second one does not have, but the first one makes more, is closer, is closer to the simple meaning of the Pasuk. So the question here, we need to explain what are the questions in the uh, above uh, interpretation uh, in both of them, and why is the first one better than the second one? And number five, since Rashi brings here the names of who said it, which is not the usual way for Rashi to do. Rashi, most cases, Rashi does not bring down the name. So that usually means that that gives us an additional explanation in his commentary. So what is it in our case that we learned that it was these two Tanoim, Rabbeles and Rabbi Shmuel, who said these commentaries? What is it that we learn from, from that? Uh, and also the uh, Rashi number six Rebbe says Rashi is very precise so we need to understand it's a little strange the way Rashi quotes the Medrash he starts off with the first words of the Medrash a marshal it's a metaphor for a king who had a ben bais and that's it etc like in Yerkarab so either way if Rashi just wants to show to you which medrash he's intending to, and the person who's studying needs to look into the inside of the medrash, so Rashi should just say short words, say, even if he wouldn't say, it doesn't have to bring wood, the word Shoilab and Bais, and he should just say, as it says, but if Rashi wants to tell us a uh, uh, part of the Moshul itself, so what does it help me by bringing me the first few lines of the marshal? It's a marshal for a king that had a ben bais. How does that give you anything? It doesn't. So we have to say that when Rashi adds these words, marshal amelach shoyle ben bais, so this is something which is an important detail to understand, explaining Rashi's commentary. So Rebbe is trying to figure out what is it that is not understood only by saying the Melech had a Ben Bais. Now, in Ois Beis, the Rebbe explains over there. So, from the fact that we just, from the question, what we just said, that since Rashi is explaining the words Bateitzeesh, means that Rashi's problem is not why they died, as we asked before, but Rashi's problem is on the words Bateitzeesh. Uh, the idea of Teitzi'esh, the Rebbe says, uh, what happened to the sons of Aaron? A fire came out and they died from that fire. Usually we know that the Abishter uh, punishes measure for measure. So if a fire came out from Hashem, that must be a measure for what they did. So somehow they elicited, they took out, they brought Hashem to give out a fire. Now, so what they did was something that brought a fire. But wait a minute. We had just learned before this that a fire coming from Hashem is not a bad thing. 
it's actually a tremendous uh, level, a tremendous reward. Uh, here we're trying to say all of a sudden they're being punished so severely for what they did. The same exact language of is the greatest reward we just learned. Previously, they waited for what? For the fire to come out from Hashem. When the fire came out from Hashem, then it was recognizable that the divine is resting on the yin. Rashi earlier said that during the entire seven days of the preparation of the Miluim, the Shekhinah did not rest in the Mishkan, and the Jewish people were insulted. They were ashamed because they did all this work and they couldn't get the presence of the Shekhinah there. So Moshe said, and eventually he says, it's not me, but my brother Aaron, he's going to bring the Korbanis, and through his service, the Shekhinah is going to rest by the end. And then the Pasuk says, Vateitzei a fire came out and ate up all the Korbanis. So then the Pasuk says, Vayarkolom vayoroinu vayiplavneim. So all the people saw the fire come from Hashem and they sang, they were happy and they fell in the places. So what do we see? That the fire was a sign that Hashem's presence is there. So how should we explain Tupesukim when it says Vatetzeish? So Rashi says that Vatetzeish means some sort of revelation of Kedusha, which means just like the service of Arim brought about Vatetzeish on the Mizbeach, likewise through the service of the Ketodos of the Bnei Arim that they brought came a revelation of Vatetzeish. However, because so that uh, their Ketodos, their offering, their service brought about from Hashem so why did they die? should have just eaten up the carbonate, but because there was lacking relative to the sons of Nodavavi at their level they were lacking uh, the way they conducted themselves in this service so that's why they were consumed by the fire and they died but the service itself was a holy service. Tetzeh is holy service. This is a totally different uh, opposite than one would imagine. So what the Rebbe is saying about Tetzeh it was a good thing a fire came out. There was a problem with it. But what did they do with that? So Rashi says the sons of Aaron did not die because of the service that they did that's not what they died there was a they ruled of this fact that they came in front of Moshe their teacher they're going to do an avoider when Moshe Rabbeinu was there they should not do any avoider on their own they should ask Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu should tell them what to do. They should not on their own go and bring down the, 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 the fire. 
So, but they instructed the halacha by for bringing this fire in front of Moshe, the teacher. Uh, so, but one second, but the Pasik says, that Hashem did not instruct them. So it almost seems like that was a problem. But there was no, that language actually says that the offering was a zora, was a strange, because Hashem never instructed them. Hashem didn't say it to the Bnei Ari. The Torah doesn't say it was a strange fire, which means it was the wrong thing. Actually, it wasn't the wrong thing. It was wrong because they weren't told to do that. They are the ones that said it to themselves. They weren't told to do that. But the actual bringing wasn't something which was against uh, wasn't against Hashem's uh, command. Hashem didn't tell them. And they weren't supposed to do that. And they weren't supposed to rule or go ahead and do it. Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to tell them. But yet, we still call it Eish Zorah. Why do we call it a strange fire? So it's not really a strange fire. It's a good fire. It's only that they didn't want commanded. But that would be like uh, similar. Like we find it says Ketoides Zorah, which is Zorus Loi. That is Pesach and Tetzavah, which means a strange Ketoides because it's strange for them because they shouldn't have been doing it. Basically, so the Rebbe learns according to this Pshat, that it's an age zora because they brought it, they weren't commanded, they weren't supposed to do it. Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to tell them to do it, and not they should do it themselves. So because of that, because they weren't commanded, and they weren't told, that's why that age uh, burnt them. But the age itself brought out a tremendous level of gilushchin of atetzeh just like before. However, the difficulty we have with this is why would they get such a serious punishment for this? I mean, it turns out that the actual bringing itself is not so bad. It's only a problem because they weren't commanded. So why why give, get such a punishment of death? So that's where Rashi hints, and he says that who told it? It was Rabbi Eliezer. Uh, because we find uh, great in the Gemara, we find very great uh, praises uh, about who Rabbi Lezer was. He was a very special and very smart. He had a lot of wisdom and power in Torah. And yet, Rabbi Lezer said, you should never, one who says something which he didn't hear from his teacher, causes the Shekhinah to leave Israel. You should always say something that you heard from your teacher. Don't say something that you didn't hear from your teacher. So what do we see? How much so that it's how severe it is when you're just not only that you're saying something that you didn't hear from your teacher, but you say it in front of your teacher. So this makes it a very specific sin. 
And that's what we understand. Rashi hints to by bringing Rabbi Lazar, we understand why they were punished with such a severe punishment. Now, number three, Gimel. But Rashi is not happy with this shot. Um, because what happens over here, what happens at the end of the day, they brought out the fire. But it seemed like the fire took a wrong direction, took a wrong turn, right? What did the fire, instead of the fire bringing Gilu Shekhinah through eating the Ketoides, which it did, but then it took a turn and what? It killed them. So that means that um, they cause actually, as Rabbi Lezer says, that the Shekhinah should leave. They do. They didn't say the name of Rabbi. They didn't do what Moshe Rabbeinu told them to. And Rabbi Lezer says that if you say something not in the name of it, you cause the Shekhinah to leave. I mean, I don't know exactly. The Rebbe doesn't bring down, it doesn't say Beferish, whether uh, it ate up also the Ketoidus and them. It seems like it, that it ate up the Ketoidus. But the bottom line is, they caused through their action, as Rebbe Lezer says, for the Shekhinah to remove. So, since they did such a bad thing, so how could... How could this bring around the Shekhinah? We're saying the Eish is the Shekhinah. They brought down the Shekhinah. But yet, they're doing a terrible thing by teaching Allah and they're causing the Shekhinah to leave. And here all of a sudden, we consider that bringing down the Shekhinah over here. Just like before. So that's why Rashi brings a second commentary. So they actually went in as drunk into the Mikdash. So, now we're talking about something. Now, who told them that they weren't allowed to enter into the Mikdash while they were drunk? They haven't yet been told that. Nobody has told them yet. That, that prohibition came later on. So that means that the Ketoris was a good it was Bishlamus. It was complete. And there was not a transgression of Tzivah Hashem. And that's why there was a Hashrash Hashchina, similar to Hashrash Hashchina. It came down because they did a good thing. But that's what Rashi says after this. He says, I'll prove to you. What does it mean Rashi prove? Rashi is not trying just to prove to you, not to just bring a proof that from the fact that in the middle of the story, the Torah of Yemashimini, the Torah tells us about a command of Hashem that they shouldn't drink, so it seems like the punishment was because they drink, but what Rashi is trying to tell to you, look it was only after their death that Hashem instructed them not to go in. Rashi is trying to give you the advantage of the second commentary over the first commentary. That according to this opinion, the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, uh, they 
didn't uh, they didn't transgress anything of Receiver Hashem when they came in. Because they have not yet been commanded about it. Abishta never told them, don't go in while you're drunk. It's only after their death, Rashi quotes, he warns those leftovers. So why does the Pasik then say, Because the Torah says, they brought us, as they didn't command them, because over here the Oisim emphasizes, Hashem told it to others. In other words, Hashem did not command them, but it almost says that Hashem told others to do so. Hashem said not them. So, Nodavavi were the older sons of Aaron, and they were educated, they were anointed together with him. So, they were closest to him, as we say in the Pasuk. Um, because it says, it says, what does the Pasuk say? It says, Pasuk says, Hashem did not command them, meaning that they, they, were not, uh, they were not complete at that time, because they were on a higher level to to Aaron, as it says in the Pasik, Hashem says, So we have to say that at that time there was something wrong. They were in a situation that they couldn't go in at that time. It wasn't that they did something wrong, but it, from the Pasik it's mashma that they weren't in a state of mind to go ahead and bring the carbon right now at that time. So it must mean that they were suyayim. So basically, the way the rebel learns, they didn't do anything wrong. But Hashem, Hashem did not instruct them. Meaning them in their situation, while they are intoxicated, they shouldn't do it. But not that there is an objection to that altogether. So, the question becomes, okay, so now you're answering me that according to Rabbi Lezer, we understand why they brought down the Shekhinah, because they didn't do really anything wrong, very little wrong that they did. And the fact that they were drunk, they weren't yet commanded upon that. Nobody ever told them not to be drunk. So then the question becomes, so why were they punished, Mechlal? So they didn't go. They were not commanded. They should not be doing it because they're drunk. But they didn't know about it. I mean, or there was no command specifically. So why why would they get punished? That's why Rashi answers He gives the metaphor to a king that has a ben bais. Somebody, a family member over there. As we find Vikarabha. The Medrash says like this. This is a metaphor to a king who had a trustworthy uh, a person, uh, attendant, who was uh, always by the him. And he found him that he was standing at the entrances 
to the Chanuyas. That was not a nice place where he should not be. He found him over here. So the king goes quietly and he chops off his head. And he appoints another attendant in his place. And people don't know why did he kill the first one. But then he goes and he says the second one. He says, make sure don't you go in the entrances of those stores in the places where the other, where it went. Then we understand that the reason he killed the first one because he must have gone to the wrong places. So what do we see from this matters? The king did not tell the first one, don't go into those places. He never told him. King never told him. But yet, because he's a Ben Bayis of the king, he needs to know on his own. You don't need to tell you clearly, don't do that. You should know that. This is that this is something which the king doesn't want. So that's why Rashi is hinting over here when he quotes the beginning words of the Medrash. That he has a family member over here. Because Rashi is explaining why would they punish the sons of Aaron for something which they haven't been commanded at all. Shem didn't tell them. There's something that you have to know on your own. They were like a Bnei Beisri. They were like family members of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As the Pasuk later on said, those who are close to me are Kodesh. And they know on their own how Hashem runs his house, even when they weren't instructed explicitly. They should know on their own that you don't come in drunk to the holy place, into the basement. But yet, it still doesn't answer you. How could you give them such a serious death for something that they weren't instructed at all. And that's why Rashi uses the name Rabbi Yishmoel who says that. Because our sages say about Rabbi Yishmoel, he was actually a Koyen. He was actually a Koyen Godel. He was actually a Koyen Godel. And the Gemara says about Rabbi Yishmoel that he would always Messiah Kahani, he would always help, that he would always help the Kahanim and make it easier for them. He would always find them. So, therefore, uh, Rabbi Yishmoel, being somebody who wants to say good about the Kahanim, so he would rather say that the sons of Aaron, the Kohanim, um, didn't do any Avera. He wants to say, Rabbi Yishmoel says, what did they do? They weren't punished. They just went and drunk without being commanded. Even though it makes it difficult to understand the meaning of the verses, rather than explaining the verses in a way that would more make more sense, but that would increase the sin. So rather than learning, like Rabbi Lazar, that the problem was that they instructed that they did something which they weren't commanded, because they heard Allah he'd rather say, no, let's make it like they weren't commanded, they did something, made a mistake. They are, they, that would be better um, rather than saying something which is more makes sense in the Pasik, but then to say that they violated the Hashem's command and they instructed a halach in front of the teacher. After all the above, there's still a problem on the interpretation of Yishmael. First of all, 
the Pasik says, the Rebbe is going to show how Rabbi Shmuel's interpretation is further away than the Pashat and the Rebbe Lazar, and that's why Rashi brings him as the second one. Number one, when the Pasik says, Vayakrivu Eish Zorah, they brought a strange fire. It's mashma that there was something wrong with the uh, Hakrava itself, uh, that there was something strange. Uh, which means in the Corbin, in the Actoiris, there was something wrong over there. Not just the situation of those who were bringing it, that they were drunk when they brought it in. See, according to um, the opinion that Hayru Aloha Bifnei Rabo, they did it on their own, something wrong because they brought it. We'll see in a minute. But over here, it seems like it's just something else. It's not a, not the card was bad. The people were in a bad state. Number two, since the sin was not in the actual bringing through the fire, so why, uh, why is the Pasuk saying that they were punished through the Vatei Tzayesh? Uh, their sin had nothing to do uh, with the bringing it through the fire that has just to do with them that they were drunk they, in other words there was nothing there was nothing wrong in the actual so why were they punished and why why is the Torah telling us that they were punished through the fire but it has nothing to do with the fire the fire was perfectly okay and that was good there was something else that took place over there that they were drunk and they should have known better but it had, doesn't have a connection to that that's according to Rabbi Shmuel. So that's why Rashi is satisfied with this interpretation. And he uh, brings it only as a second interpretation to say that the first interpretation, even though it's not totally explained, as we said before, but yes, yet it will be better because of these two questions. Because according to the first one, there is a problem with that because Lloyd Siva, David did not instruct them to do that. And the Allah, they went on their own and did it. And number two... Uh, they were punished from that fire because they, that was part of the wrong hakrova, and therefore they went through the age. So the Rebbe explains now, there's halacha from this Rashi. Uh, Rashi emphasizes, the same thing is in the Gemara, that they taught halacha in front of Moshe, the teacher. So why do we have to know that it was in front of Moshe? Should have said that they taught halacha in front of their teacher. Especially, the Rebbe says, there was even something more stringent it would seem, even than the halacha of teaching the halacha in front of Moshe, their teacher, the fact that they taught the halacha in front of Aaron, who was not only their teacher, but it was also their father, because they basically insulted him, his honor, they, they touched him, in a way, they offended him. Especially, who is the one that's supposed to be in Ketoris, that's supposed to be Aaron? And as Rashi said earlier, that Moshe went with Aaron to teach him about the Ketoidus. So they're not supposed to bring the Ketoidus. So it turns out that the fact that they went themselves to bring the Ketoidus, that was something in which they offended and they touched the service of Aaron in that same day. That was a something in which they uh, offended and they touched a special 
uh, in a, a very clear commandment in the Torah, Shabbat Shalom, in the Ten Commandments, Ten Sayings says, Kabbalah Savicha. So the question is not only the extra lotion of the words Moshe, why do we have to say, but it seems like we were saying only Moshe, but we're excluding what about the, the offense that they did in the honors, in the honor of Aaron, they took away his job and they went and did it, and they're bringing the Katoris themselves. So why, does, why do we emphasize specifically Moshe Rabbah? So what is the explanation? We find in the halachas of leaning that a Talmud who's eating in the presence of his teacher, even if it's not his uh, permanent teacher, isn't permitted to sit, to, to lean in front of him because of the fear and the honor of his teacher, unless the teacher specifically gives him permission that he can lean in front of him. But there is no obligation on the teacher to give permission and to forego to be Michael on his honor. But when a son is eating by his father, even if his father would be his permanent teacher, he needs to lean because we assume the assumption is a father forgives on his honor to his son. That means that even in a way that the honor of his father, which is his teacher, is more strict than the honor uh, of his real teacher, who is not his father, the din is that we assume a father uh, allows, forgives his son, but a, a teacher and a student, no. So it turns out in our case the same thing. The sons of Aaron, although that the mitzvah and the obligation uh, that they have to honor their teacher and their father Aaron is greater than just the obligation that they are in the honor of their teacher Moshe. But yet, the halacha tells us that a son and a student that teaches a halacha in front of their father and his teacher is not as serious as a student who teaches halacha in front of their teacher. Since the assumption is that father will forgive for his son as opposed to a teacher to his student. So that's why Rashi emphasis and the same thing Aloha in the front of Moshe, their teacher, as opposed to the fact that it was in front of Aaron, they weren't punished for that because the assumption is that a father would forgive his son. And that's why we can also sweeten that Rashi quotes the words uh, not Loimesi says Bnei Aaron. It says, Leimesu b'nei Aaron. Why does it say Leimesu b'nei Aaron? It says in the Pesach, Leimesu. Why does it say b'nei Aaron? But it wants to emphasize that since that we're dealing here with b'nei Aaron, so therefore it's understood that they didn't die only because it was in front of Moshe. Because b'nei Aaron, children with the father will work it out, but it was Moshe Rabbeinu, but not in front of Aaron, the teacher. Because the assumption is that a father forgives the son. So what is the Yoinah Shal and what can we learn from this Rashi in front of us, before us? That even though the level of Nodav was very great, to the extent that Moshe says to Aaron that they're even greater, Mimenu calls them Bikroivai, they're close to me. Uh, and the same says what it means is that Bibriri, those are most chosen ones, the sorted out ones, the greatest people, so they were a terrible, tremendous Madrega, yet they got a very serious punishment because they lacked that self-bittle, that self-negation, humility that was fitting for their teacher. They taught halach in front of him. So Rabbi Lezer, notwithstanding his great power of Torah, 
as we said before. He has, says that if a person says something which he didn't hear in the name of his teacher, causes the Shekhinah to leave Israel. The subjugation to the teacher is important for something which is to reveal the Shekhinah to all Yidin. So from this we see that a person shouldn't say about himself, oh, I'm a big Lamdan, I'm a learned person, I'm a Talmud Chacham, uh, I'm a scholar, so how could I be subjugated to a Rav and to wait for him to tell me the Allah in Torah? And not only Torah, also in Halichas Olam, Allah from the world, and the derech and the way, the path that I should go in the service of Hashem. I am able, have the power to teach myself. Because we see, who is greater than Nodvanaviyu? And yet, what was their entire sin? The only reason they died was because they instructed Allah in front of Moshe, the teacher. To the extent that this is not only something which is, affects them, but this causes to the uh, opposite of the revelation of the Shekhinah in the Yid. On the other hand, we demand from everyone, is expected, that his learning of Torah should be with understanding, in his own cycle grasping it. And his entire being should be penetrated or filled with understanding of Torah. That's what Rashi continues and says, what is Yain? Yain is the level of Bina, understanding. Understanding and grasping. Shusui Yain means that they were full with the understanding. They were full and penetrated with understanding and grasping. So what was the sin is? The sin is that that they entered the Mesa Migdosh in that, in that form while they were full of themselves. The Chisorin of being full with wine is only really at the time that you go into the Mikdash. But the service of the person to Hashem when he's not in the Mikdash then has to be Babana Vasoga. In other words, to go into the Mikdash, then you have to be bottled, then you have to be Mashirabam. But in the Mikdash you don't go. Other than that, Mikdash is the idea of Dhamik. When a person is standing before Melech Malcham Lach Kodesh Baruch. So even if you're going to make you're going to make with your finger, you make a sign in front of the king, that's considered a desecration of the honor of the king. You have to be total subjugation like a servant in front of the master. That is when you daven, that is the mikdash when you go in. But your own service and effort in Torah needs to be, so you need to be drunk. You can't go into the mikdash. You need to be full of learning to that your whole entire existence should be full and it should be penetrated, uh, take you through with the logic of Torah. Like we find, Rabbi Huda Rabbi Loa, this was a, uh, a queen, told him, you look like you're drunk. She says, on your face, I can tell you're drunk. So he told her, uh, he told her, Yehuda uh, Barabilo, he told her that is because his, his study is very uh, common to him. He knows it. Which means the fact that physically he appeared to be like drunk is because physically 
it was like he was spiritually. And spiritually, he was like drunk. He was drunk with the understanding of Torah. So, here, this that we say, that when you daven, the time of davening in the Migdash, a person subjugates himself from his existence totally. That gives him the power and the impact that also his service later on when he learns Torah with his intellect should be with the pop, proper bitl. Uh, so, notwithstanding, he understands it, he grasps it properly, but still should have that bitl. But The question is, how could you connect these two opposites in learning the Torah? On one hand, we say you have to feel your intellect and understanding that the person who le- le- learns it, and then you want him to be subjugated. And the answer Rashi gives have a family member. Since we're talking about the Bnei Yisrael who are considered to be Ben Bais, a family member of Melech Kodesh Baruch Hu, so the Eivishter gives them the power to connect these two opposites. You can learn Torah with understanding and grasping, and yet together with it to also be a proper bittle. Through this, to the extent that you impact the connection of the two opposites, the world with godliness. The world is conducted according to the laws of the one who learns and his conclusion in his learning. As our sages learn, Apostle will kill Goimer Eli, which means the halacha that he learns impacts the world, so he changes the world, so that his Torah and the world, the Eulam and become one. And that way you bring closer the promise. Hashem's glory will be revealed. And all flesh will see together. From the Sikha Shabbos Parashmini.